Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mike Boris. My guest this week is Olga Olenikova. She's the co-founder and CEO of Pasolo, the world's first social media instant checkout platform that enables small merchants, brands, and influencers to sell their goods across social networks without the need for building sophisticated and expensive e-commerce sites. In other words, she has disrupted websites. Olga grew up in the Ukraine and worked as a consumer researcher and behavioral scientist looking at individual life strategies, motivations and behavioral patterns, like why people do things, why people buy things, and concluded that people want to make purchase choices without any barriers, no friction. In 2012, she migrated to Australia to study sociology and political science. And in 2015, while doing her PhD, Olga founded Pasolo with the aim of helping SMEs sell without big investment. With its unique AI-powered analytics and instant checkout technology, Pasolo has helped over 750 businesses across 16 countries and increased their sales conversion by 300%. I asked Olga about how did her studies in working out how Ukrainian people who migrated to Australia managed to survive and achieve, how does she use the outcome of those studies to build her own business? to survive herself, to achieve in her own right. And I also want to ask Olga about how she has pivoted her business from time to time, how she has changed her partnership, in other words, the equity stakes, how she raised money from people, and what's the future hold for Pasolo in terms of future developments, in terms of making sure the checkout is frictionless and making sure the data she collects is valuable to her clients and her customers. So let's get into it. Olga Alinakova, welcome to The Mentor. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. Lovely to be here. Yeah, it's good to see you again. Thank you, From yeah. a long time ago. 2015, 2015, right? 2015. Just remind me, what it was, what were we doing um, in 2015 now? Yeah, it was I a was, pitch. Yeah, yeah, I think you were doing a series yep. of several talks, I yep. think, about incubators yep. and those who are in this incubation programs. Yep. So I was leading a startup, which was part of, Sydney Uni Incubate. Right. Was it was it this business? Yes, it's the same. It's just the year we started it. So that it's was, just the beginning. Just started. Yeah. Okay. Well, back in 2015, that's five five years ago. I was nearly five years ago, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I, the name of the business, I don't remember the name of the business, but the name of the business is Persolo. Fantastic, just to, yes. explain explain that what Persolo means. Yeah, actually, it has a story behind it. Yeah, people always ask, you know, what what is it, right? What is, what the is story? Persolo? So story is very simple. It's actually from Latin. It's finance. 
Lat- it translates from Latin language finance. Yeah. So Persol is a fintech, right? Company. Yep. It was yep. started as a fintech. We're now we're introducing some analytics products. But yeah, that's the link. A fintech for my my listeners being a financial technology business or a uh, technology business which delivers financial outcomes or finance outcomes. Yeah. To we'll talk about to whom in a moment. But clearly, um, people listening to this can probably um, detect a slight accent from Olga and uh, from the name. Olga Alina Kova, um, spelled O L E I N I K O V A. Um, it's pretty obvious that uh, she's uh, not from um, Sydney, born and bred. Where you come from? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can tell from my accent. I'm somewhere from Eastern Europe, Eastern right? Europe, yeah. There are many guesses. You know, people always try to guess. You know, where I'm from. Of course, my surname is actually Russian, but I was born in Ukraine. Ukraine. So I have a mixed family: Russian, Ukrainian family, which is very typical for Ukraine. Uh, so my dad has Russian background, my mom has Ukrainian background, but I was born in Kiev. It's the capital of Ukraine. Uh, it's, I don't know, have you ever been, Mark? No, I've been to neither. Um, I, I, the closest I got to any of those countries is Belarus. Okay. I think you need to explain to everybody the difference between Ukraine and Russian, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we share a common past yeah. in a way, right? So if we look into the closest past, so we're part of Soviet Union yeah. altogether, right? And then Soviet Union collapsed in 1991, and Ukraine got its independence. So you part of the Soviet Union? Yeah. You're young enough to be part of Yeah, I was born in Soviet Union, yep. so I was born in 1988, so I'm 31 now. Yep. And yeah, at that time, Ukraine was part of Soviet Union, but then, you know, when I was three, it collapsed, basically, so I don't have any Thank memories, God. you know. Of, yeah, correct. So my parents actually say, thanks God that it all collapsed, but my grandparents say that it's the most beautiful miracle that have ever existed. You know, we have this, you know, generational quarrels about, you know. What, but they what, still at each other a little bit. I mean, and, and, and I guess, I mean, I, there's a, you're from uh, Kiev. Yeah. Um, I was involved in a business where our headquarters was in Lviv. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a beautiful town. And uh, they have a university there. Yep. Many universities. They have a couple of universities, but the University of Lviv is a uh, heavily um, sponsored by mathematicians, and um, we had a uh, software design company there. Um, all mathematicians who were and our headquarters were in the University of Lviv. Um, they had spare rooms that we had there, and we actually got our students out of there. All mathematics students. And uh, they were all therefore programmers because that was the thing. And one of the things we did was we used to use them to program our programs, build our software overnight whilst we were operating in the US during the day. And then we would start programming in the US during the day while they were asleep at night. They were on, and I just, I need to build some context here because these guys, were, they're all men. There was 28 of them. We had the business for about eight years. They were all brilliant. And uh, they were earning on average they were only on average, we were paying them on average something like 500 or 800 US a month. Okay, yeah. This is this is going back. And there was huge 20s, money at that time, big right? Big money. And the great dream for them was that we would bring one of them or sometimes two of them to a US and or Australia for a year mm-hmm. for Beautiful. like for experience. Mm-hmm. And for them that was the best thing because what they'd hope is that they could stay here. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess – if you look at your background, I mean, I don't know how you ended up in Australia, but maybe you can explain that to us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because well. you got out of Ukraine and ended up in Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just quickly comment about tech, right? So yeah. you said Lviv tech uh, designers and so on. So yes, Ukraine is like a fantastic place now for IT. Yep. So that's why we have actually a team in Ukraine as well. So you we have, have a team, team there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have team here. Developers? And we have, yes, yep. and designers as well. 
because it makes you know pr perfect commercial sense. You know, uh, we keep the burn rates low, and our investors are very they happy. They don't leave either. Those, those those staff that you employ in yeah. those places, they very rarely leave you because there's not that many exactly. opportunities. They exactly. stay with exactly. you. But now it's, I think landscape has changed a right. little bit, right? So US you know, and Europe employs a lot of devs uh, in Ukraine. So still, you know, if Belarus is more saturated now, there's a lot of propositions for developers. Their uh, prices have increased significantly in last years. So Ukraine is like the cheapest actually in the neighborhood for until today, right? It's the cheapest for in neighborhood for IT talents, engineers, and so. And they on. work hard and long, and they're actually very um, appreciative of yeah, the work. So correct, that, that's correct. I mean, everyone thinks oh, we're going to go to China or India. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be frank with you, we found we got better outcomes in Ukraine, mm. and and ours was a, was a tech company, but. Um, that's just a personal view, but um, for those people listening, if you're looking for devs, you don't have to go <laughs> to the, 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 the typical places that Australians tend to go to now. You should try to other places like Eastern Europe. How did you end up here in Australia? Yeah, correct. So I don't have tech background, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not in that cohort How old of were you left? So I was 23. So I left in 2012. Uh, so how did I actually end up in Australia? Mm. I didn't want a particular Australia, to be honest. So I'm not from wealthy family, but I'm from a kind of good middle class family. You know, I was not economically, you know, in need for opportunities, going somewhere to earn money. So I actually just applied to do my PhD at University of Sydney. So basically, I just Googled top unis in Australia. University was top at that year. And I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, find a professor there, apply and send, you know, him um, a note saying that I want, I'm Ukrainian, you know, I want to do research on Ukrainian migration into Australia and life strategies of people uh, and why people come, who they are, what they do here in Australia. And they just accepted me very quickly. Sydney Uni was like super fast, you know, they responded, they gave me even scholarship, though I was happy to pay for myself and so on. So I said, okay, you know, this looks like fantastic opportunity, like another part of the world, you know, I'll go and like, I'll accept this adventure basically. And so you did a, a, a PhD. Yeah. And you, you you were a PhD candidate. You obviously got your PhD granted to you because yep. um, you do have a doctor in front of your name. What was your PhD in? What was your topic? So the topic was achievement versus survival life strategies of migrants from Ukraine to Australia. Uh, just just Ukraine? Uh, or, or no, I looked into Ukrainian case study. Right, case studies. Yeah. yeah. So I was interviewing like 50, 51 Ukrainian migrants to Australia who came after Soviet Union collapse. So I looked into the young, you know, modern basically migrants, yep. what they do, who they are, because there's a lot of um, literature, a lot of research done on the post-war. So this is the biggest wave of Ukrainian migration to Australia. Uh, but then there was another wave since 1991 when Soviet Union collapsed. And no one knows what they're doing, who they are, you know, like myself, for example. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of IT engineers as well who came to Australia uh, through migra skilled migration programs. So that's very interesting because uh, <laughs> you, what you did is you got uh, the university to give you a scholarship and sponsored you effectively yeah, and, 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 and uh, supervised you as uh, the university does in a PhD process to um, uh, work out what works best to uh, uh, survive and achieve in Australia if you're coming from the Ukraine. And then uh, as a result of that, you got your, uh, your, your own paper and you said, okay, now I'm going to apply that to Olga. Is that what you did? In a way. In yes, a way. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say that, you know, it did was... Did you plan that or... No, no, I didn't. That sounds very but... fucking unbelievable to me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, self-study in a way, you know. Yes, I was totally. writing about myself actually, right? Yeah. 
So I would say that I'm pursuing the achievement life strategy, right? Yep. Uh, in Not a way. the survival as such. No, yes. Because what, what it means to survive is actually to take low-hanging fruits. You know, let's say you're from Ukraine. You would not seek integration into society. You know, you would just stick with your Ukrainian group. You would not go and assimilate. You know, you wouldn't start a business. You know, you just work maybe, you know, clean floors or go into factory, right? So you would not build up the opportunities and like build up yourself. That's very interesting. Um, because I often talk about um, businesses need to survive in order mm -hmm. to thrive. Yeah. Um, would you say that it's a mindset thing? You don't think about you just surviving, just think about you should be thinking about thriving. Is that um, In a way, yes, I would say, right? But uh, it depends, right? So surviving, so you start from different points, right? Um, in business, so you start from somewhere and then you kind of achieve or survive. In a way, it can be used as synonyms sometimes, right, to achieve and survive because, you know, sometimes things that make you to achieve the survival, basically driven things, right? Maybe it sounds a bit confusing, but that's how that's Because right now a lot of people are just trying to survive. Uh, yeah, yeah, correct. So it depends on the time as well, right? So I looked as well, if we talk about like strategies, which can be applied to business, is time is one and, and circumstances in which you are navigating your life. They shape your life strategy. Is right? it a psychological study or a sociological it's like, study? So it's, a, it's like on the verge, it's in between psychology and sociology, right? So it looks into why people make choices, how, you know, social environment shapes their choices, right? And then we look into psychological, basically why people make it and like how society and how circumstances shape it. Uh, so I didn't claim any points for my PhD actually at that time. I had enough of working experience back in Ukraine. Yeah, so I as, worked as, before. as what? As so I worked as market researcher. Yep. So what I was doing, I was driving consumers insights for big FMCG and fashion brands. Right. So, so you have skills in fast moving yeah. consumer goods. Yeah. Right. So, and so, I mean, I, I, we'll talk about your business in, in a moment, but what sort of drove you to get into your business? I mean, you're, here you're yeah. doing a sociological, <laughs> yeah, you know, correct. study, boarding on the psychology of what drives people to do certain things one way or the other or to take a certain route in life, whether it's survival or and or achievement. Mm -hmm. You've got skills in um, uh, research. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you're launching a business called Persolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Persolo, yeah. Persolo which is like a, like a finance, <laughs> an app, uh, or some sort of uh, tool that you use to transact. Yeah. Um, so how the hell did you do, do that? What yeah, happened? So I'm, I'm confused. Met, yeah, correct, correct. So what happened is that uh, so I met a guy here in Sydney, and he was doing IT management degree at Sydney Uni as well. And it, we basically came up with this idea together. How? So initially how we started Pesolo, the idea was that we want to create a simple instant checkout to help small businesses, anybody who is, let's say, handcrafting soap at home or, you know, sewing socks, they want to sell it, right, online, and they would need to invest money in creating a website. You know, it's expensive. Connecting mm -hmm. payment gateway, it's complex. You need to invest money, time to actually set up store to transact online, to accept basically credit cards. But why, I understand, but why did you do that? What was the problem you were trying to solve? So social media in 2012, right? Of course, social media is growing every year, but like at that time, I don't know, we decided that, you know, you want to buy something on social and you were not Is it because you couldn't to. buy something? Or yes, because correct. you tried to sell something? No, I, I was not sell. So I never had actually commerce stores, right? So I had friends who were, you know, doing some like Etsy style, I would say, small merchants, craft right? Stuff. It, craft stuff. Like craft stuff, yeah. So they didn't have any options to process payments, right? Yep. 
So because like it's very hard, as I said, unless right? someone set up a website. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which so is we expensive. created an, uh, we created an alternative, basically, yeah. right? So you could hop on Pesolo, create one page checkout for your product, which you are handcrafting, and here you go. You can post it on Facebook, Instagram, anywhere, YouTube, and you can accept basically credit cards straight away. You don't need any complex websites or anything like that. But I guess what I'm trying to do, Olga, is try work out. Yeah. So what I was motivated on the buyer's you? side. Yeah, I was I was basically motivated to simplify the process from the buyer's side, right? So I worked, as I said, in market research for a long time, right? So what market research problems we were solving, why brands were losing money, right? Like how we can help optimize it or whatever, right? So they were ordering different studies. So I was very familiar with the process like of consumers, you know, because I talk to consumers all the time of different brands, right? To get the insights and recommend them. At, at the time of this, or you no, mean in the West, that, in the, in the job? Yeah, 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 in a yeah, job yeah. before coming to Australia, yeah, yeah. right? And then I came, then I said, okay, enough business research. I don't want to do any commercial. I want to do social research. Yep. So here I go. I'll study life strategies, right, of migrants. Yep. Social research, no commercial outcomes, no, you know, basically benefits, anything. And then, you know, it just gets a little bit boring as well, right? Like social research is great, but like th there is not enough drive, like not many things are happening. And very often they're not applied anywhere, you know, so you produce this research, you know, congrats, you know, that's, that's it. That's the end, right? Like yeah. academia is about, you know, a lot of non-applicable things which just lying on the shelves. So then I just thought, you know, I want to do something else. Was I it want during to go your back. PhD? Yes, yes. So it was my last year, actually the most complex year when you have to do the writing of the thesis and so on. But yeah, I met this guy, you know, he was an IT management. He said, oh, like, let's create something together. So we started did, to discuss. I don't understand. People listening, well, why would someone just say, oh, let's create something together? Tell me how that happened. Like, are you having a coffee or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just met. Basically, we met actually at TED Talks. Uh, so yep. in Sydney. And we just basically started talking. And he was from Ukraine. He ended up being from Ukraine. He's Ukrainian boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct, wow. correct. And he had two friends in Ukraine, developer and designer. And we decided that, okay, we'll try to basically pitch. So we had this idea. They, we would ask the guys to build it in Ukraine because they're designer and uh, developer. And uh, Kirill, the guy, he was basically analytics guy and he had some business experience before. And myself, I was basically on the marketing and business as well side. So what we did, we just pitched this idea to Sydney Uni Incubate. That's the time when we met, right? Yep. When we gave, I gave you the interview, yep. right? Like at that time. Yep. And uh, we were just starting it. So we decided just to pitch it. Yep. And that's it. It was not, I was not actually taking it seriously. I was thinking, oh, why'd like, you do that? Just for, what? yeah, it was just interesting, you know, like we'll see how it goes, you know, I'll just help guys, you know, and uh, uh, actually we had to attend as well, you know, in Sydney Uni, there was a program in Sydney Uni Incubate, yep. so you yep. have to attend the classes. And Kirill was working at that time, so he could not attend, you know, because he was working. I was actually lecturing uh, at Sydney Uni, so it was very, I could easily pop up, you know, into that office, you know, sit there and then go back to my work and finish my PhD. So I was actually just helping guys at that time to be there, you know, physically. Yep. But then it just started to evolve so quickly, you know, I started to pitch it and, and so on and so on. And then we started to get clients. Then actually what happened is that my actual experience helped to make it a business because having a product, you know, developing a product, building an app, it's not hard. It, you have to have a product vision and that's it. But yeah. to make it a business, right? To make people actually it's a big difference. pay for it, you know, to make it applicable, find, you know, the market fit or whatever uh, the, the terms are and to make business out of it, right? So that was actually my goal in that. My, I didn't my think tasks. That, the other three weren't thinking No, that. they were thinking, but it's hard to make it true, right? To make it reality, yeah, yeah. right? So we started with small merchants. You know, I was talking to a lot of small merchants. We're figuring out what are the pains, you know, how we can solve it and so on. But then we pivoted a little bit the business and we started focusing on bigger brands. 
And that's where our growth actually started to happen, is when we started to work with bigger brands and agencies. So we started getting very big clients through media agencies, but then we started to work as well direct with the brands. So, so but I think what you're saying to me, though, yeah. is that your original, the thing that originally motivated you to develop something for smaller businesses, like yeah, your craft correct. friends, exactly. friends might be, exactly. who might be making soap and they're on Instagram or Facebook or something, and then... Uh, and they can't afford to build a website and or right. manage it. It's better that they put their check out on um, mm -hmm. on their um, on the socials. Um, they did, weren't your first customers. Why weren't they your first customers? They were. They were. Our they first, were. Yeah, yeah. They were paying, but our business model was a little bit uh, not right in the beginning. So we were. How we were doing that? We were charging just one percent per transaction. Right. And it was free. So this is how we were helping our friends, you know, they were using it, they were selling it, but we were just charging them 1% when they were selling it. So they sell a bar of soap for imagine, three bucks and you're getting exactly, 1% Exactly, exactly. Imagine cents. how much we have Less. to transact to actually Reasons. make like yeah, yeah. even first million or whatever, right? Yeah, so like, the business model required some change. It was wrong. Yeah, it, it was not wrong. It was the beginning, right? Yeah. And then we basically pivoted to assess uh, scenarios and we have a lot of custom as well projects. Like we do white label of instant checkout and analytics as well now for bigger brands and agencies. And they're using it for a year. We have contracts in place and so on. And so your yeah. th your three partners, your IT guy, what was his name? Kirill. Kirill? Yeah. Yeah. And the other two, the developer and the um, designer yeah. in the Ukraine. Yeah. How did you structure that up? I mean, did you say quarter each or what, what did you do? Yeah, yeah. So we actually started quarter each, but then we, sh we, we did a lot of redistribution on the way. So we actually changed it as we were going because developer and designer were no longer involved that much. So they actually gave up some of the equity and so on, right, uh, to me and Kirill. And we were transferring a lot of equities between each other. So we had a very good relationship. So as long as someone was less involved, we were revising our structure. Yeah, so so because that's interesting because people would say yeah. just in terms of the original setting it up, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you do need a designer. I mean, and I don't know if people understand, but, you know, if you're going to – an MVP or something, right? Yeah, you, like, you need someone who knows design. I mean, it's not just sit down and start building the, developing the software. It's not that easy. So you need to design it. Mm -hmm. You need to have the IT here. What was his role? So he was basically, actually, was a product guy. He was creating the product. Right. He had okay. the product vision. Okay. And guys were building it. And then you were sort of, you... you I was doing you, the customer side You took it to things. market. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you need someone to take it to market. That could be core marketing, but let's say <laughs> the go-to-market yeah. person to experience that. That requires analytics and lots of research and, and outcomes. You need someone who can build the product, who know, understands the product. And then you need someone to design and you need someone to actually yeah. develop the bloody thing, which is the nuts and bolts of it all. Um, and you brought the whole thing together and you got four lots of 25%. I mean, that's how everybody says, oh, let's all go in this eagle. Let's mm -hmm. see how we go. Mm -hmm. We'll try it out. But over time, over time, you probably found that all of a sudden there's more weight being placed in what you're doing or more weight being placed on your IT friend here in Australia and as a result, that you were able then to change or refine the equity or the ownership right. of the business. Yeah, but yeah. I think you need to have a good relationship with your, you know, people yeah. involved because you agree, right? You, yeah. you have an honest chat, you know, and people understand that they are less involved, you know, they're not doing much, let's say. They're happy to revise it. Yeah, so you, yeah. so did you buy it? We bought out uh, both of them. Yeah, eventually. yeah, you eventually yeah. bought them out. Yeah. So it's you and Kiel now? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but we have investors on board. Like, yeah, yeah cap table looks much different now. Than yeah, okay. So what I want to talk about is too, and I think our, our listeners want to hear about this, Olga, is where does someone like you get the drive and the energy to do what you do? I mean, like how yeah. 
I really want to know what drives someone like you. I mean, is it the fact you came from the Soviet or? I yeah, mean, and I think it's ambition, right? So yeah, they're just ambition people and they're not ambitious people, right? Yeah, but why don't you take it? What, I mean, what happens when you get knocked back and when you go on uh, your it rounds? It doesn't matter. So I, I feel, you know, it's um, life is a game in a way, right? So it's just, you know, if you don't get it, you'll get it another time, you know? So I just take it very easy. If it doesn't work, like, okay, you know, so I don't get upset about things. So you're not things. too hard on yourself? Mm, um, no, I'm hard on myself, I would say, for pushing to go forward. But if something is wrong or yeah. something so is working, it, I accept that. If it's a failure or if it didn't succeed, it's yeah, not a failure. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, 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 I'm really okay. I said, okay, you know, that's it. You know, I, I basically learned the lesson, you know. I said, oh, why? I always think why I was not successful, right? So I just sit and I said, okay, that didn't work. That should not be done, you know, next time. This should be done differently and so on. So I basically analyze what has to be done differently and that's it. And I just try it another way. This is interesting because effectively I think what you're saying is you gamify the failure. You sort of say, yeah. well, I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to gamify it. In other words, I'm going to turn that into my advantage. So I'm going to take that thing that resulted in me not achieving what I hoped I was going to achieve and I'm going to turn that into a positive and make sure I don't fall into that hole again. Mm-hmm. Some people though will won't do that, and they'll just take it as a loss, and that's it. Yeah. They'll sit down and think about the loss for weeks, days, nights, evenings, and it's okay to think about it a little bit, but it can't. That can't be your dominant thought process. Is, and is that something? Do you, do you think you've learned a little bit of that out of the uh, uh, survival versus achievers? In my background, right? So you you want to search for the answers in my background in Ukraine. As I said, my life was not that hard in Ukraine. No, but is that something maybe you learned that from your research? Yes, yes, correct, correct. So I learned it from different stories, right? That's that's very true. So I see a lot of my my life was not that hard, but Ukrainian life, you know, this is it's a third world country, unfortunately, Mm. right? Until today, it's in Europe. It's growing. It's you know, Kiev is doing fantastic, but all the other cities and towns they're not doing that really well, right? Economically and now, especially we have some conflicts, you know, with neighbors, and and so on. So Ukraine has a lot of struggle there. So of course you live there, even if you are in your secure bubble, right? You still interact with the world. Your friends are there, and like you you see like the hard life basically, right? So when you come to Australia, Australia gives you lots of opportunities, um, and that's amazing. So are you also saying though that? The failure doesn't perturb you because I know a lot of people get held back from doing things because they worry about failing. Yeah, correct, correct. And then it, and when it starts to get a bit hard, they drop it because it's too hard. Yes, correct. So they, I never drop. Like I never drop. Uh, I keep a kind no matter of what. going. Yeah, no matter I'm what. The same. No matter what, you just got to you got to go to the death, to the end. Yeah, yeah, correct. You just keep that's going right. until that's someone right. says you can't go anymore. Yeah, that's is that, right. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Because like there's no, you know, you can't get everything right from first step. There's no stories like that. I don't know. I've never heard stories who, you know, were super successful in one day with no, you know, failures before, yeah, right? Totally. So it, 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 it never happens, right? It's a process. So failing is a process and that's it. It's not, it's not a bad thing or a good thing. So it's, it's not just an a outcome. process. It's just part of the process. It's yeah, not an it's, it just, no, no, correct. So in other words, people out there listening, don't be too hard on yourself in that regard. So don't look at something as a final stop. It's just part of the process. So if you, uh, you know, don't do particularly well this week or next week or the week after, that's okay because there's something, there's another week to come, there's another fortnight, another month, another year, another 10 years. There's a lot of time in front of you. Don't think I've got a limited amount of time because you've got plenty of time to do these things and plenty of time to fail because every time you learn and from the failure, well, the most important thing you've got to do is you've got to learn from the failure and put that at the front of the deck. Mm-hmm. That's really important. Don't let things get you down. Don't let the bastards grind you down in any respect at mm-hmm. the end of the day, that's ever, right. ever. <laughs> 
I am back with Dr. Olga Olinakova. We have talked about her background. We've talked about the Ukraine. We've talked about her PhD, the sort of background that actually got her into this business. This business is a fintech, and that is uh, technology for finance, which sits on you know social mediums, I guess, and helps people, vendors and or consumers, transact with each other without having to go to a website and go through a whole process. So, Olga, can you now give me a thumbnail sketch of what Pasolo does? Yes. Yeah, so Pasolo is a platform. It's a SaaS product. So it wasn't originally, but it is now. N- now it is. Yes, mm. correct. So what it does, it helps brands, agencies, as well as influencers to sell online using instant checkout, our tool, and I'll explain how it works, and also using analytics tools. Which give me an example. Okay. Well, give me so two examples. Imagine, yeah, okay. So we have two products, one instant checkout analytics. I'll give you two examples yep. right now. So instant checkout first. So I'm sure you are shopping online, mm-hmm. Mark, right? Yep. So how it all works is that you always have to transact through website shopping carts. Mm-hmm. So you have to go through eight screens on average. Sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's six. So what are the screens? Let's say you've seen an ad or even post on social media and it says, here is our new shoes by the brand post, right? It says, here's our new shoes. If you want to get it now, click here. You click the link, you're redirected to the website of the brand and your journey starts. Mm. So first step, you add it to the basket, another screen, and you make a choice of your size, if it's a shoe or color, another screen shipping, another screen payment, another screen confirm all of that, and then you successfully check out if you were persistent enough, you know, to actually go through all these eight steps. So there's a lot of friction. Brands are using a lot of customers. So 68% of people, they drop out. 68? Yes. Yep. They never finish. They leave it in the Is basket. That right? Yeah. So people always like, you know, to put it in the baskets, but they never check out. Imagine this experience on mobile. Very, a lot of websites yeah. are not optimized for mobile. And you're yep. using social and mobile. Yep. So your journey is super painful. It's too complex. You just get exhausted. So people drop out because, first of all, yeah, it's too long. Second, sometimes it's a lot of forced account creation. You know, you have to create account login yep. somewhere. Then there's a lot of ads as well on the way, which distract you. And then confusing sh- um, cost shipping structure. So sometimes, you know, you change your mind when at the end of the checkout, you see shipping costs and then it pluses with your goods and it costs you a lot, Mm. right? And you drop out because like you say, okay, no, shipping is too expensive. There's many reasons why people don't check out. This is the core basically. So seeing that, what we've created, we've created one page checkout. So with us, brands can actually sell in one step to the buyers. So buyer's experience is just one page where you make all your choices of shipping, of uh, payment details. You make the choices of where you want to it to go, size, color, and all of that. Because you ask all the same questions because the questions are relevant. The, the, the facts, are, the, the data is just as relevant because you need to know color, size, yeah, correct. shape, address, yeah, name. Correct. Credit card details, etc. Yes. Um, that's, but you're just saying you do it on one screen. Exactly. As opposed to having to… Eight. Yeah, keep, or 10 yeah, or whatever going screens through screens. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it makes a huge difference. So in this way, we increase the sales conversion. So brands now are pouring, particularly now with COVID, with all of that, right? So brands are pouring a lot of uh, dollars in online digital advertising, mm. right? To actually target people in social media because where are people now sitting all in social, right? Mm. So social is actually growing now exponentially. So having it on social and being able to actually increase their return, right? On the invested dollar, that makes huge difference for Can the Can you brand. just explain that for a second, Olga? Because yep. um, your, your, the first step 
of the eight pages as being directed to someone's website. Yeah. Um, what you're saying is if I see if I see the ad on social media. Yeah. You can click on it or even post of an influencer, let's say, there yeah, okay. with the bag. So an influencer is there, you know, Roxy Jacenko sitting there with a, exactly. I don't know, a Gucci bag or something. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> tell me how it works. Yeah, so then basically they simply click on that image mm -hmm. or on that link in bio or swipe up from Instagram stories yep. and they end up on instant checkout of that particular bag which she's holding. Right. So there is no interruption. So you see that, you know, a girl seen, I see it on, you know, Roxy or someone, and I want to get it now. And I get the exact, I land on that page with that product. When you say we're on that page, that's not the website though of Gucci. That's No, it's, no. It's your, it's your, us. Yeah, it's yeah, us, yeah. but it's all sits, so it can sit on the domain of the brand. So it looks like. Do they capture the data? Uh, yes, of course. So we capture all the data. You do, but do they? So or do we you pass share the data? We share, yeah. we share the data, yeah, right, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it captures our tool, basically captures that, and then the brand has access to it. it uh, so. That's automatic share. Did you do you, do you um, automatically throw push the data through? We can do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It depends. It depends. So we work differently with different brands. So if it's a big brand, let's say they want a lot of like they want white label, for example, or agencies. Like we just had another contract we signed with London. In London, there is an agency which is owned by Evolve Media. I don't know if Evolve Media is doing anything in Australia. But they what they're doing is basically they're having instant checkout is all with their brand. So there's no signs of Pesolo at all. Right. So it, it makes it's a white label. Sense. Yeah. So, yeah. so it looks like it's you know, an example I gave you before with uh, Roxy. It looks like the Gucci. Exactly. Uh, it's just white like you you white label Gucci onto your yeah. platform. Correct. Um, because everybody's really big on data. I mean, mm -hmm. Gucci would want to say, well, hang on, we want to know um, how long someone's spent on Roxy's post. Because they yeah. went, to, they came to me as a the Gucci product. I want to know how effective Roxy is. How do I get my data hands on that data? Correct. correct. What time of day? So, who were they? Yeah, yeah. So what we released? So after having this instant checkout, right? So we initially built the instant checkout. You yep. know, it was just transacting. You know, we had actually basically um, management, stock management system, and all of that behind it. So it's like full blown e commerce, but in very light way, like very simply, simply. Oh, so you you do the stock, you do the stock. You can you can actually manage. You can you can program the stock. You being you, want. you being Gucci in the example. Yeah. Yeah, Gucci can manage the stock. Yeah, correct, uh, yeah. correct. Do you yeah. provide the software for that or do they just do it themselves? So we have them? a dashboard. So you can do it with Pesolo. Right. Right? Yep. So we can actually… But so I have to enter in my details, my stock details into Pesolo. Yes, correct, yeah, correct. Right. But we have integrations with some e-commerce platforms. Right. We're building now more. Right, so we okay. have integration with Shopify. So if you have store with Shopify, you can yep. simply integrate, you know, Pesolo with yep. Shopify and yep. that's it. They will speak to each other basically. Yep. So all the data, which is transactional data that lands into Pesolo, it will land into Shopify backend as well. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, so what we released is basically people are asking, you know, how we know that Roxy, let's say, will deliver sales, mm. you know, uh, how Gucci is an influencer or whatever. So what we released, we released an analytics product, which actually analyzes Instagram accounts. So let's say you as a brand, Gucci, mm. can hop on Pesolo before asking her to in involve instant checkout, before partnering with her. You can actually, the brand can actually check Roxy's, you know, engagement rates, um, how safe, brand safety index, which we released. So she can, like, the brand can, uh, can check lots of, lots of different data points on Roxy's Instagram account. So it's basically run on top of Instagram. So the data that you get with us, you don't get it in Instagram, let's say from the back end. Yep. You know, like you can, yeah, as, yeah, as a yeah, brand, yeah, you can yeah, like, you, yeah. you can see like the geography, yep. uh, gender and so on. We yep. show that data too, but we show more complex data. Right. For example, we show how Roxy would um, score towards the other influencers with the same size, with the same engagement traits, 
how she scores for her likes, comments, Relative engagement. Score. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So is she above average for her group cohort, mm. similar influencers, or she's below? So you can make these decisions and many other data points. And do you share that with the media agencies? The, Correct. The, right. They're the using our agencies. tools. They're using our tools to actually. So we work with a lot of influencer marketing agencies, like within a very narrow focus on influencer marketing. So what they do, they use for they don't want instant checkout, for example. They just want the analytics. So it, it gives me better quality analytics than they, they would I would otherwise get. Well, they would uh, the individual otherwise get by using um, the analytics that Instagram provides themselves. Yeah, because what actually does miracle to sales? Because everybody wants sales, right? Mm. Even the Gucci paste Roxy, they want sales, they right? Want sales. So they want content, but they want sales as well. Mm. So when the magic actually happens on social, when you know that influencer fits with your brand, right? Like with your target audience of the brand, and when they have the instant checkout, and when they create fantastic inspirational content. For the buyer, right? Yeah, yeah. So when these three things come together, that's where the magic happens. The right influencer, fantastic on it, and instant checkout tool to actually transact very quickly, right? Right, okay. That's, so instant checkout, is, it's called instant checkout, is, is that what it's Yeah, called? yeah, we we'll that, call it That's instant a checkout. brand name, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Industry sure. name. It, but it, so you're not really retail. I mean, you're sort of at the back end. Yeah. So how do you go about, well, where are we at today? I mean, you start off with like three, four of you, three partners, yourself yeah. and four, there's four. And where are you guys at today? Like, uh, yeah, so we have a team of 12 people yep. who are working permanently. Yeah, in Australia? No. No. So we have we have four people here and we have seven people or eight people, right, in Ukraine. Yep. And it's permanent and we have a lot of contractors as well. Right. Because when we have, let's say, you know, white label custom project, we involve the contractors to actually, you know, help us with that. So you got your better clients. So uh, yeah. in terms of how yeah. this has all been funded, how, how, I mean, what year, it's five years ago, um, mm-hmm. Sydney University, um, you, you put up your presentation. Um, here we are in 2020. How have you funded yourself over those five years? And you know, do you make money yet? Or yeah, we yeah. Are- so we're profitable. Yep. So we're profitable since the first quarter of 2019. So last year was the best well year actually for us. Yeah, yep. we're very happy. This would be a better year, I'll bet you. This we'll see, right? 2020 is a challenging one, right? Is that like, right? Uh, yeah, so it's a challenging I would have one. More people, sorry, but I would have thought more people. Yes, we have uh, more people. Uh, yeah. um, but the thing is that, you know, bigger contracts were coming from yeah. bigger brands in Asia who stopped, you know, like now they're just waiting, right? Yeah, yeah. But what happened actually with this crisis is that we got much more bigger leads as well, you know, because everybody is now preparing for Online. increase, you know, mm. like in like everything will go back to normal. So everybody's preparing for, you know, what will be happening well, I, next. How would you hold that thought about back to because oh, I want to okay. ask you about that. Do you think it's going to be a restructure? What is the, going to be the, I hate this word, new normal, but what will be normal? Yeah. But we'll come back to it. Please, oh, okay. uh, we must talk about that because I need to see your yeah, insights yeah. around okay, that. Yeah, sure, sure. But but just in terms of um, your profitability, 19 was a bit easier yeah, because yeah, this year has been more challenging because a lot of the brands you've worked on have had to ha- have sort of yes. been put in hibernation a little bit. Yes, So do you, do you still charge per transaction? So we have different business models, right? So instant checkout, we charge monthly fee. Right, yep. it's a and platform fee. Yes, exactly, like SaaS, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then we charge per transaction on top of that. Yep. Plus, with analytics, we as well charge for access to our we call it post analyzer or yeah, audience yeah. analyzer, yep. right? We charge for it as part of subscription plan, or if you don't want to use subscriptions, we charge for analytics as pay as you go model. Right. So we have report packs, so you can have ten reports, you know, forty five reports, and you just pay for the pack, yep. and then. It, it never expires. It's not like subscription, right? It expires every month, right? Yep. With this, you can use all the reports until you've exhausted them, basically. So we'll go back to the question then. Yeah. How have you funded this? So what have Correct. you been rounds? How many Correct. rounds have so you we gone? Just ra- yeah, so we basically, we had we raised a very small amount of money, by the way, right? Yep. 
because we were pragmatic. What does that mean? How much is a small amount of money? So it's below. So we were lucky. Okay. So how it all started, basically, we had the incubation money. So Sydney Union Incubate gave us 5K. Yep. We sent it to That's Ukraine. Basically you know, nothing. Yeah, exactly. So we sent it back to Ukraine. You know, guys, you know, we paid to the guys. We didn't take anything being here. Then what happened, we went through another incubation program. We went through Murudi, Telstra's oh, yeah. yep. incubation. So yep. they gave 40K. And then what happened, we had a seed investment round. So we had an angel who invested money. And then we had smaller guys, we call them baby investors, who went joined that. And then we had Murudi, who Telstra, who actually topped up their investment um, in the seed round. When we right. finished Telstra's incubation program, yep. we raised the seed round. Can you give me an indication? What, I mean, don't tell me the numbers and percentages and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so we raised less than 300K. Right, okay. Right. And do you have to give much away for that? I mean, just people no, listening. No, they're, they're, no, no, They're no. trying to work out, well, no, no, what do you have for half, have... half the house <laughs> away? What, what are you doing? No, no, so we were very lucky. So more than, I would say, yeah, I need to look, but founders would hold still like 90% of right. the stock. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and how do you, and I'll get just, just for our listeners again, I mean, who does the valuation? Like, how do, who does that? Yeah, that's a good question, right? Like, it's always these questions. Um, so, valuation is, yeah, there is a formula, as you know, when you have, let's say, you know, you have revenue and then you have a pipeline and then you, like, doubled at 10 and that's your valuation, right? You can say that, of course, you have fantastic team who are, you know, super talented, uh, intellect and, you know, capacity and skills. That tops up to your valuation. And then let's say you have a platform as well. So it costs that much. You invested that much. So that would be the like a very rough, you know, formulation. Of Did you that. do it? So when we were finishing Murudi, we had a course, you know, they taught us how to do it. So mm. we had a proper Excel spreadsheet where we put it like what we have. We had, you know, the project. Of course, we had all the basically budgets and so on, like forecast what we'll earn. Of course, it's it's like, you know, op we had optimistic, pessimistic, you know, and realistic uh, forecasts and budgets always. And do you tell you what the multiple is? Let's just take your forecast revenues, let's say it's $100,000. Yeah. Did they tell you what, what you should multiply that by to in order to get to the valuation? Did they say it's 10 times or yeah, 20 yeah, times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was 10 times. Yeah. yeah. And then did they say that's because that's, and I, I just want listeners to understand is that what, uh, what Olga's saying or what Murudi was saying to Olga and her partners is that um, take your, we, you want to do evaluation, take your forecast for next year's income, let's say it's $100,000, give me all the assumptions, why you think it's going to be hundred grand? let us let's take tick all that off mm -hmm. and uh, and we're going to give you a multiple of 10. That means your business is worth a million bucks for argument's sake, okay? Yeah. The reason we're going to get Murudi say your industry is worth 10 times that mm -hmm. is because um, here are some proxies other businesses yeah. that have sold or valued up yep. for the same amount of money. And then you go and you test it. You go and like meet them and say, okay, you know, like this is our what product. Think? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What do you think? Of course, they always think that it's too expensive. You know, they always totally. start to push it down and always this negotiation start. But I think we're super lucky to, f to just meet one angel investor who actually went with us with a kind of higher valuation. How'd you meet this person? I was pitching at an event. And I don't like, to be honest, like there's so many events, you know, like who attends all these events? It's very it's same people as you, right? Like you never actually meet anybody who, you know, uh, it depends on the quality of event, but in most of the cases, it's... Uh, it was yeah. a pitching event? Yeah, it was a yep. pitching event. So and just so everybody knows there's pitching events going on all the time, <laughs> exactly, all yeah. the time. And a lot, sometimes our investors <laughs> go. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yep. 
And I was lucky. So I was just pitching that. I remember I didn't have any hopes at the time. I was just pitching our startup. And then at the end, uh, so I was just talking to some people and then microphone says, someone says, oh, like, where is Olga? Like, we can't find Olga. So there was some, um, a guy who actually wanted, so he, he saw my pitch and he wanted to actually meet me and he couldn't find me because I just went to talk to some other people, you know, I actually was going home probably, you know, after that. Yep. And yeah, and he just came, I said, okay, we're looking for the round. You know, he said, I like the product. Uh, he invested in other startups as well at that time. And we were ASIC company. Yes, I see. As opposed to ASIC being the regulator. Yep. And what I was saying here is if you become registered under this federal government grant, let's call it a grant or… A program. It's, it's a program, correct. Um, and someone invests in you, uh, two things, they get a, a tax write-off of their investment and the second thing is they get a special treatment on the sale when they make their gain. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it's a bit of financial engineering which makes it… Mm-hmm more attractive yeah, to invest correct. in a business like correct. this. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So they wanted to, government basically wanted to stimulate, right? Yeah. The yeah, yeah. In and fact. this is a government issue to stimulate investment, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we were ASIC, you know, we looked attractive as well because yeah. if you, let's say, invest, I don't know, 170 or 190 or 200, you get kind of a big amount back. Not big, but you get something back, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. In your tax. Yeah. Uh, if you're registered in this program. Yes. Yeah. For comp- if you invest in companies that are registered. Yep, yep. We're very actually thankful to federal government because they gave us some grants. Uh, we we got the accelerating commercialization grant as well later on. So last year, which was super helpful as well, right? So we know all these grants, you know, like we get all the opportunities through our alumni networks. I'm always uh, saying to people, you got to know what all these grants are because it's, yeah. it's money. So, so you're, you're, you've got your first round investor? Yeah, correct. And what happened? Then we actually, we had instant checkout just at that time. So we actually completed, so we're building, we're investing in the product, right? So we're still building that, that up while we were earning some revenue. So we had revenue early on, which was really good. Small, but it was revenue, you know? So we had traction, we, we, we had a nice story to show. Um, then we invested in the product. Then we had another actually VC who came on board last year it's hong kong us vc um yeah and they invested as well some money so with that resource we basically build up the analytics uh, resource which we were asked to do so we actually in our platform we never do anything before we hear many times from our brands from our clients from agencies that they need this and we ask them many how it should look you know we always send it back to them they review they give us feedback they say okay we want that feature like yesterday as well, we had, you know, brands uh, and one agency actually got back to us with a very useful feature, which we didn't think of, but it sounds fantastic. So we're working on this feature now. So it's a constant development. We talk to customers, verify that and then introduce it. So you and your partner now, along with some investors, mm-hmm. starting from angel investors to VCs, now control this business. You've got your two streams, that's your instant checkout mm-hmm. and your analytics. Yep. Um, you've got your business models, which are sort of like um, annuity style plus platform fees. Mm-hmm. 2020 is a tough year for your clients, therefore it's harder for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, it'll all come back. Yeah. Where are you going to take this business? Where, where do you see yourself? Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I think we're in a very good niche, right? Mm-hmm. So we, what we're doing, we're helping, you know, SMEs, agencies, brands actually to go online in mm-hmm. a way, right? To sell online in a faster, better way. Our product was always built for online, for yep. social. So for us, we see just the actually growth and more stimulation in the market, right? Because everyone is locked down at home. They're all sitting in their apps, you know, social. That's sort of so perfect on. for you. Yeah. Like you need a product for someone who's got like a, an offline business, which 
just needs to be able to get up and running straight away online. Yeah, correct. You need uh, something simple, something yeah. really simple and cheap. Well, not and, cheap, but affordable. Yeah, affordable. Yeah. Let's yeah. put it this way. And yeah. then not with, maybe not with all the bells and whistles. Exactly. But, and, but over time, if they become really popular in their product that they sell, yeah. using your light product, yes, correct. They can then can upgrade to the. Yeah, if product, they want to. If yes, they want to. Correct, if it works. Correct, exactly. Or they can plug in their upgraded product into our product because we have yeah. integration. How do you tell people about, about this? Hmm. Oh, okay. So I mean, how do you make build your own awareness? Yeah, yeah. So how we build actually you would be surprised. We have a lot of referrals. Because media agency, you know, landscape mm-hmm. people know each other, right? And as long as we started partnering with several agencies, they just keep it, it just keeps evolving. But what know? about the furniture store in, um, you know, yeah, East Sydney who doesn't have an agency? They just place ads on Google or whatever. Yeah, correct. We have some ads, of course, which we're doing yeah. on social and on Google, right? So we do some SEOs and so on. What we are as well doing, we are participating in many things like today. You know, thank mm-hmm. you for inviting me. You're so, welcome. you know, we always talk about the product, right? Like everywhere we can. We always say yes to all the opportunities. As you um, should, yeah. Yeah, and um, what else we're doing? Like, I think we were lucky to have a lot of, not a lot of, but cheap free PR. You know, we were in Forbes, 30 under 30. You know, we were always like somehow end up in this you kind of bigger brands who help us. So you're obviously getting out there into the environment. I mean, it hasn't come to me. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I haven't seen it on any we're you not doing it aggressively, right? No, no, like no. we're not that's how we're saying, right? So what because we okay, we're profitable, right? But we're not super profitable, right? So we're investing basically money back into business, right? So we don't if we had more resource, we would definitely do a lot of marketing activities. That's our next step, basically, right? Yep. So we have some discussions about potential raise, right? To actually invest into scale, into marketing, into actually letting people know about this fantastic product, right? Because we have fantastic case studies. We have like super big brands on board who are using it. We can show it, you know, like here how it works with, let's say, New Balance or uh, Highland or Havas Media or PlayStation or like there's many brands who actually were using us, right? So now we don't have that resource to make it crazy viral because it demands a lot of, you know, as well as business business people, right, to actually go out there and sell. And BDMs, business development people, yeah. Yes, correct. So we, we plan to actually invest a lot of money in like if we raise, right, when we raise or we can become more profitable and we will just distribute more money into this. Yep. So we can hire more business people. And uh, we don't operate only in Australia, right? Like we have, we have UK, we have Israel, we have Hong Kong, Singapore. So we, because we're not originally from here, our mm-hmm. team, right? So actually we're thinking global from day one. Um, where I think we, one of the main things about Pesola is that, you know, what happened now is in terms of even work ethics, right? Space is no longer, all this COVID proved that space is no longer relevant, you mm-hmm. know? Everything, everybody's now meeting in Zoom, you know, and like doing all of that, you know, meetings, having team in your office or having physical meetings, it's no longer that pressing, right? Our setup of our team is because it works, we work between Ukraine and Australia and having clients globally, we onboard clients even without facing them. You know, in UK, for example, agency that signed the one-year contract with us for white label, I never met them. What the world is proving that space no longer matters, right? Online will grow and we will grow basically with it, right? So our basically goal is to actually put more resources now into analytics as well. So instant checkout is great, but we're putting, we're seeing as well more requests for analytics now at the moment. So we're releasing TikTok analytics and YouTube. So they're coming because we have fantastic Instagram analytics now. So we believe that social media, all the new platforms will be growing, like TikTok particularly in our region, right? So... Yeah, we basically are in a sweet niche and we'll keep growing there. 
developing more as well into analytics. So e-commerce is great, but analytics we feel has even bigger potential. Eventually. My gut feeling that's for me too, because like the thing I want to, I always want to know whenever I do anything in a social environment in terms of my various businesses, I want the analytics. Like, I mean, I'm sick of advertising in environments spending big dollars, mm-hmm. but it's just a spray technique and you don't know even who, you, who you're talking to, what they paid any attention to, listen to the ad, do they watch the ad for two seconds, one second. So if I'm doing a social, I really expect much better analytics than I currently get. I mean, I know yeah. Instagram and Google and all that give you some yeah, analytics, correct, but correct. there are much deeper analytics I would like to see, yeah, which yeah. they probably already got access to. Yeah, yeah, but, but they don't. They don't yeah. give to me. Correct, and correct. I, I'd like to know that sort of stuff. Olga, we run out of time, but I want to ask you, would you like to ask me a question? <laughs> okay, I have many questions to you, right? Um, I have this thing which, you know, I don't very often read business books. Maybe you can recommend something fantastic, you know, that could, you know, be a good for someone who don't read a lot of that's a good a question. A lot of business books because, you know, there's many books. I, I have many. Okay, let's be honest. I have a lot of books at home, right, mm. from business and so on. But I don't find them fantastically useful. You know, I can find some tips, you know, or resource or whatever. But I never actually found a book that, you know, will actually give me all in one. Can I put it to you like this, the answer to you like this? Similar to you, um, I don't, I've never found a book that tells me everything. But I read lots of books with a hope that I might learn one thing or with a hope that I might find one thing that already confirms what I already know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't always read the whole book. I think your, your quest in your question, your quest of finding a book that is valuable and worthwhile reading is not a quest that can be achieved. I don't think you'll find such a book. I've never found such a book. Um, I might say to you that my book is the one that does that, but, <laughs> and I attempted to do it. But to be frank with you, I think the more you read, the more you learn or the more you learn that you don't know mm-hmm. about what you don't know, um, as opposed to finding something that will be like a, a great Bible of things you need to know. Mm-hmm. So I think I yeah. would say this to you, continue to read, read half, read a third, read all. If you've got time, pick up another one. Read, read, I do it three or four things at a time. Mm-hmm. might read three chapters. I might read six. I might read three lines. Um, and if I get bored, I might close it up and never read it again. But everything you read is valuable. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. I, I reckon at the end of the day, be like you when you did your sociology um, study to get your PhD, sometimes the things you need to know about business aren't actually in the business book. Yeah, correct. They're in something else. And um, sometimes some of the best stuff I've ever learned is stuff that I didn't read in a business book. It's something I observed or some mistake I made myself or something I've read in a non-business book. So I don't want to look like I'm dodging the question um, because I'd love to say, you know, that all these great authors out there you should read what so-and-so said and so-and-so said, but that's just never been my experience. So I think it'd be wrong for me to come up with some bright idea for you other than the one I just came up with. Yeah, but thank you so much. That's perfect advice. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. Thanks very much for coming in, Olga. That was (laughs) awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Good to see you again. (laughs) Likewise. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 